whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Brought to you by Rock Antenna, Germany's number one rock radio station. Hey, this is Dennis. You're listening to Rock Antenna, and my guest is Tim Brennan from the Dropkick Murphys. Nice to have you here. Great to be here. Thank you. Well, uh... Let's just start with the new single, I think. Um, sure. So you just uh, dropped uh, the new song, Smash Shit Up. That's right. Um, so the question everybody wants to know, is it part of a new album coming up? It will be part of a new album coming up, yeah. So uh, we, um, we've been recording um, since end of December or so. And uh, we have a few more. We still have a few things to do uh, when we get home from this trip. But um, hopefully by the end of the summer, we'll have a new record out. Yeah. Oh, well, can you tell us something about the sound, how the songs will be? Um, yeah. At this point, um, there is uh, there's more Irishy stuff than there was on the last one. Not that there was a lack of it on the last one, but the last one was a lot more... Um, Uh, sort of rock songs um, this one uh, s uh, sort of toes the line between the rock songs and the Irishy songs a lot like there's a, a handful of songs that are just sort of very Pogues like acoustic guitar and accordion and banjo and stuff like that so I'm looking forward to people hearing it Uh, really? So do we, so do we. Yeah. Um, well, uh, in the lyrics of the new song uh, you're singing about um, wanting to be a rebel but not quite being someone anymore <laughs> right. so um yeah. is it a fictive character singing or is it um, a song about yourself well i think uh i mean i'm sure that there's a, you know uh when ken and al are writing the lyrics uh with something like that i would imagine there's some truth to it you know i mean <laughs> as we all get older you know we're not quite as rebellious as we'd like to be anymore You know, you sort of uh, think back to when you were a kid and, and you were just kind of, uh, you know, not too worried about what was to come. Uh, and it's sort of, I guess it's just sort of uh, talking about how, uh, you know, thinking back on those days, it was nice when you could just kind of smash a bunch of shit up, you know. <laughs> Can't <laughs> well, get away with it so much being an adult. Yeah, but you uh, did smash some shit in the video, did you? That's true. We did. We smashed an entire house, <laughs> uh, which was good. And uh, yeah, and then on the cover of the single, I'm smashing the accordion. Uh, so, you know, that happens too sometimes. Was it your accordion? It was, yeah, of course, yeah. Was it hard to smash it? <laughs> no, no, no. If... Uh, If you get in the mindset, I'm going to smash this thing, it's pretty easy to tear it apart. Yeah. <laughs> so it worked with the music. Yes. Um, on the B-side of your EP, there's a cover of yeah. a Scottish songwriter named uh, Gary Cinnamon. Yeah, Gary Cinnamon, um, yeah. Before talking about your version, because it's kind of different sure, than yeah. the original, um, how did you discover this guy? Uh, Jerry Cinnamon has been around, I think, uh, I'm not sure when his first full length came out, maybe 2017? So, you know, two, three years ago now. And uh, he has a new record coming out in April. Um, he's a solo acoustic guy. He's from Scotland. And uh, his shows in the UK are insane. Like so many people. And, uh, and he writes great songs. And um, the Bonnie just happened to be a song that, that he put out. And, uh, and we just loved it. And we... Uh, You know, we immediately were like, we could probably turn this into a sort of electric guitar based song. And um, so we did that. 
and uh, we uh, we sent it to Jerry, and Jerry was like, you know, it's pretty cool to hear it how it sounds in my head when I'm playing it, you know, because he's just got an acoustic guitar and stuff, and he does the job phenomenally. Um, but it was cool to hear him say, you know, I always envisioned a song like that with big guitars and stuff. So it was that was that was very cool. Do you think there is a punk rock uh, potential in every folk song? Because a few days ago I was talking to Anti Flag, and they told me that every song they ever recorded was an acoustic folk song at the beginning. Yeah, that's the same with us. Um, a lot. It doesn't always happen that way, but like a lot of our songs start out as like. I don't want to say like country songs, but like a lot of a lot of like prog like chord progressions and stuff like that start out acoustic. So uh, it's one of those things. We're of the mindset where if we can make it work with just acoustic guitars, we can probably make it work with electric guitars as well. And that being said, there's there's every once in a while you're going to come up against a song where you're like, you know, this doesn't really call for the big electric guitars. But that's a very true statement, I think. Yeah. Um, A lot of our a lot of our big electric guitar songs have started as just acoustic folk songs, you know. So that's absolutely true. So, what do you prefer, the folk version or the punk rock version? Uh, I suppose it depends on the song, you know. <laughs> um, uh, with uh, sometimes when you ramp up to the full electric version, some subtleties can be lost here and there, but. Uh, You know, uh, if it's a song where you're just kind of plowing through on the chords on acoustic guitar, I mean, chances are you could speed it up and and uh, turn the volume up and it's going to sound pretty good. Um, but like I said, there's always, uh, you know, there's always the odd case where it's like, well, this has to stay acoustic, you know, um, just to get sort of the vibe across that we're going for. All right. So uh, today... A big day. Uh, your show in Munich is the last gig in Germany. Right. Uh, Friday, you'll hit Ali Pali in London. Yeah. And after that, you're heading back to the US and play five shows in Boston. Are you that homesick you have to celebrate a five <laughs> days long homecoming party? <laughs> we really like the attention that we get from it. Uh, we, uh, every year, we do St. Patrick's Day in Boston. One year we did St. Patrick's Day proper in Dublin, but apart from that, we've always done it in Boston. Um, and usually we'll do like a week of shows or something like that so people can travel to it and come see us in our hometown. And uh, um, it is a nice thing to do because we don't get to play at home very often anymore um, because we're always touring and, and you don't want your hometown to be so sick of you of playing all the time. So... Typically once or twice a year we'll play uh, around Boston, um, and uh, but typically it's just uh, around St. Patrick's Day we'll do you know five or six shows or something like that, and uh, it's nice because you know that's the show where like our family and all of our friends can come see us and everything. My mom and dad will come, and so it's great, you know. But uh, yeah, of course we need that attention in that long <laughs> homecoming. Yeah, that's. That's all we're working for yeah. out here, is attention. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of uh, not coming home that often, um, I have to admit, when I first heard of the Dropkick Murphys, it was with your record, The Meanest of Times, where it was a bit late, but after that, I just bought everything from oh, Do or Die to The Warriors Code. Thank you. Um, you've been in the band uh, since 2003. Yeah. Um, and it feels like it's getting bigger and bigger 
ever since. Yeah. Um, how do you realize that a project which was started as a fun cover band or something uh, is becoming bigger and bigger? And well, it's simple, Dennis. Anything that I touch turns to gold. Well, I expected uh, that answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was it was a wild thing to be a part of because. Uh, You know, I was a sophomore in high school when Do or Die came out. And I was a massive Pogues fan and a big Irish music fan and a big punk fan. And an English teacher of mine came in and was like, I think you should check this record out. You're really going to like these guys. So he gave me a copy of Do or Die. So then I became a wicked Dropkick Murphys fan. And um, it just so happened that a, a, a guy that I was friends with when I was a kid ended up joining the band as a guitar player, Mark Orell, our former guitar player. And uh, so he was, it's a very long story, but he's the one that got me into the band in 2003. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, I can think back to those times and think about the places that we used to play. And yeah, they were smaller and everything, but it's been, it's been such like a steady you know, sort of going up from like venue to venue and bigger crowds and stuff like that, that it's, you know, it's, uh, it's not really until like you walk out on a stage like tonight at Zenith and you look at everybody and you're like, wow, we've really amassed a good amount of people here. Um, so to watch it grow over the years has been incredible, especially as somebody that was, I was just a fan before I was in the band, you know? So, uh, so getting to watch the growth of it has just been amazing. And to be a part of it has been even more so, you know. You're playing lots of instruments for the Dropkick Murphys. Yeah. There's like mandolin, guitar, accordion, to, tin yeah. whistle. Uh, how hard is it uh, to find uh, someone today, especially as, an Celtic, as a Celtic punk band, yeah. uh, to play all these traditional instruments? I mean, you find a guitarist and the bass player That's almost true. everywhere. That's true, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, I get uh, they scooped me up pretty quick when they found out I could play all that stuff. So it must be fairly difficult. <laughs> um, but uh, I was always like I said, I was I was wicked into Irish music when I was a kid and uh, I was a drummer. I didn't play guitar or anything at the time. And I wanted to be able to play along with like the Pogues records and stuff. So I went out and bought a tin whistle and taught myself how to play that. And then I got my hands on an accordion and figured that out and or not figured that out, but figured out how to play it to a degree um and so i could play along with all the irish stuff that i was listening to um so uh i mean i guess it's fairly fortuitous that i was a wicked fan and had the ability to play these weird instruments and then got hooked up with the band um but uh you know there's uh as far as those instruments go it seems easiest to find not and it's not it's certainly not easy but there's more Uh, we're aware of more bagpipers than anything. You'd be amazed that there's a lot of people that play the bagpipes. But uh, as far as like accordion and tin whistle and mandolin and stuff like that, yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of, uh, I mean, especially in our punk rock circle, I suppose it's tough to find somebody that can do that. <laughs> Luckily, we have, uh, you know, like when I moved over from playing all the Irish stuff to playing guitar, um, Luckily, we had a friend in Jeff DeRosa, who's another guy that can just sort of pick up whatever instrument he needs yeah. to. Um, so that that made it easier on us, certainly. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there are too many kids that are exposed to that sort of thing, as opposed yeah. to like guitar and stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
I, for me, it was a matter of just I loved getting my hands on instruments and figuring out how to play them, you know. Is your impact in writing new songs bigger because you play that many instruments? Um, I don't know. Uh, um, I, maybe just because uh, I can, uh, you know, guys like Jeff and I will come up with, with like banjo riffs or accordion parts or whatever, like um, uh, the music for Smash Shit Up was originally um, uh, an exercise that I would do to loosen my fingers. Okay. You know? And That's just like of, Slash in... Um, what right, was Sweet Child of Mine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right, exactly the same. No difference. Um, uh, but uh, so, you know, it, it can come out of anywhere. And when you have an instrument like that in your hands all the time, you know, you get to the point where you start fiddling around with stuff and and you come up with a thing here or there you know that's pretty cool yeah. coming from you being a part of a very appreciated punk band um let's come to another appreciated punk band uh, it's called rancid sure and uh i think it was two years ago that you did the boston to berkeley tour together that's right and Now that I'm in some fan groups, um, I saw some posters and some rumors that you're planning uh, to do uh, that again. Can you tell us something about it? There's, I you know, I, I can't, I can't say much about that. I know that we're playing a festival together down south, uh, and uh, people are just going to have to keep their eyes peeled. All right, we will, we will. <laughs> Um, could you imagine doing something similar in Europe? Taking that, you will do it. That would be that would be great. We've talked about that sort of thing before. Like we we were over here with Flogging Molly uh, last year, or maybe a year and a half ago, um, and doing stuff like that is we love doing that. Um, so I guess it's just a matter of logistics. Unfortunately, I just play the guitar and accordion. And so uh, I'm, I'm not the guy that can put my foot down and go, we're going to Europe. But hopefully, I'm, I would love to see that happen. Yeah, I would love to see that happen. All right. And you've got some festivals planned in Germany, too, that summer. Yeah. It's Deichbrand, I think. And yeah, yeah. yeah. we got a handful of festivals that we'll do. Uh, and we love coming out here for festival season. Um, I mean, that's what has allowed us to grow like we have over here is yeah. getting to play those festivals, you know. Um, and the difference between European and American festivals is so crazy. Uh, Europeans just want to see music, you know. Um, uh, American crowds are more, they want to see like the, like the pop stars and like specific genres of music, whereas you play a festival in Germany, say, and there's 10 different types of bands on the stage and, every, and, and the people are psyched to see each one of them, you know. So, you know, uh, it's one of our favorite things to do, to come over here in the summer and play those festivals because you play for all these people that, that are fans of yours and then you play for so many more people that have never seen you before, you know. So, um, what other plans does the band have for the future? I mean, uh, next year it's uh, 25 years of Dropkick Murphys. What? Yes, already. Oh, man. Already. Um, will there be a special celebration for it? You know, I'm not sure what we have in the works for that yet. We will go home and do the Boston stuff. We'll finish up the recordings. Um, I think we got a couple more singles coming out before the uh, record will come out. And then um, uh, it's anyone's guess, I suppose. Once the record comes out, uh, much like every time one of our albums gets put out, 
people won't be able to get rid of us. We'll just be everywhere. So, you know, again, just keep your eyes peeled because we're going to be there. Whole lot of talk. The interviews that rock. Subscribe to our channel for more rocking podcasts.